Hello, Hoosiers, and welcome back. I'm Allie Malnick. And I'm Alex Hardgrave. And you're listening to Posted, a podcast by the Indiana Daily Student. As always, we will be recapping some of the stories from the week. Later, we will be talking with Enterprise reporter Christine Fernando about her story on local hamburger restaurant Hinkle's recently reopening. But first, we want to talk with sports editor DJ Fesler and basketball reporter Matt Cohen about the recent death of Kobe Bryant and just kind of how it affected Sunday's game. So welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so you were both in Assembly Hall when the news broke out, right? Yeah, we were. Can confirm we were, in fact, in the building. <laughs> so I guess how did, how did both of you find out? Uh, as a reporter, you could go first, Matt. I guess so. I was sitting on uh, just watching Twitter. I was I, I was tweeting something as I am always doing at basketball games, and I just see this TMZ tweet come through about Kobe Bryant having been killed in a helicopter crash. And I didn't think much of it. I was really focused on getting um, whatever instant recap we had to do. Was, you can find that on the IndianaDailyStudent.com. Um, and I was trying to I was just trying to get that done quickly because the game was starting to wind down and. I just it just didn't feel like a real thing. I felt like I would see it later. There's just some guy that was named Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash, and it was just a clickbait story. But then more and more reports came in, and it just started to seem that it, it, that that was a real thing that actually happened. And you could see I DJ. I don't know if you felt the same way, but you could kind of feel like assembly hall just got quieter as mm-hmm. people started to realize what was happening. And it was a, it was a really surreal feeling of just like this the power of this news that was coming out and how that had just impacted a crowd that had been so raucous and so loud and suddenly was just shocked by what was just what they were seeing on their phone it just it just seemed unfathomable in a way yeah when i was sitting watching the game i also was on my computer you know i had tweet deck open and i also saw the uh, the tmz article pop up in my feed and i instantly clicked on it my eyes turned away from the game you know i use playing a ranked team there, I believe they were winning at the time yeah. when the news broke, and uh, you know, I clicked on the article and I thought to myself, it can't, it, it, it must not be real because the article, um, it didn't even come up. It had an error message on my screen, so I thought maybe, maybe TMZ was like hacked or something. Someone posted a a phony article about Kobe Bryant passing away, and uh, like Matt said, as the game kind of went on, more and more news outlets kind of came out with the information, and it was like just like a storm that passed over the entire crowd and no one on the court knew what was going on. Everyone uh, in the stands, students, fans, everyone that, you know, had access to a phone, it just slowly spread and everyone knew around the players and they didn't know until afterwards. Yeah. I remember I was, I wasn't at the game, but I remember someone texted me like Kobe Bryant died. And like with no other explanation, I was like, that can't be true. Like that's ridiculous. And First thing I saw was the TMZ article, and I thought, okay, TMZ, that can't be a really credible source. But then more started showing up, and it just, yeah, it seemed unreal and just kind of like had me face to face with mortality. That sounds really existential, but it's just like anyone can die, and even like someone so popular and so beloved, beloved, I can't pronounce words, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I definitely was like very skeptical initially. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to get I guess the IDS pitch in there, our our co sports editor yeah. Grace, Gracie Barra wrote a really fantastic column about just being in the arena. I mean, 
pretty much echoing, you know, DJ and my experience of being in the student section, seeing people as they were seeing it on their own phones. And exactly. it was, a, it was a really, really well done perspective on the game as a whole. And really, cause at some point the game didn't matter. And I think that's what the column did a really good job of emphasizing at that point. Yeah. So do you think that this news breaking during the game, um, affected the game? Um, from a, from, from a fan's perspective and a reporting, uh, perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, the players on the court obviously didn't know, so that it there was no way it could have affected them at all. But um, everyone else in the in the arena who had access to the internet and was able to see, you know, text messages or tweets circulating, um, it definitely had an effect. Matt talked about how, you know, as Simon Scott Assembly Hall normally is, it was it was crazy um, in the big moments of the game, but it, it just started quieting down because everyone was turning their eyes away from the court and to their phones to kind of figure out what was real, what was fake. You know, some reports came out that were ended up being untrue. So there was a lot of just questions that went away from, you know, the game of basketball that was being played on the court. What was it like, since you mentioned Grace's column, like how has it been trying to edit um, just like for your personal experience just like editing opinion stuff about Kobe or just like basketball stuff now how is it has it been different I guess or um in terms of an editing perspective looking over the stories um I start you know you get more of an appreciation for who Kobe Bryant was and what he meant to people um you know Jared Kelly wrote an opinion piece about kind of uh, the legacy of Kobe Bryant and how it's gonna continue moving forward I mean he talked about a whole generation of kids that went out and bought Kobe Bryant jerseys. We all roll up balls of paper and throw them into trash cans and, you know, we yell his name as we're doing it. You know, um, there's not many players who have gone through basketball that can just like affect society just like in such a way like that. Yeah. And I guess, um, in the aftermath of this, how do you think that, um, his loss has affected the NBA? What have we seen with, um, with that and with basketball fans around the country? Um, a lot of NBA teams have taken just kind of symbols to, to honor Kobe um, in that they'll take a, a eight second, an, an eight-second violation off of the tip-off, which is you don't cross the mid-court line until eight seconds into the game. And the shot clock is 24 seconds, and eight was obviously Kobe Bryant's first number, and he's changed over to the 24 was the second number. The shot clock is in 24 seconds, so whatever team would actually win the tip-off would take the eight-second violation, and then whatever team then received the ball after the eight-second violation would take a 24-second shot clock violation. And a lot of games have started in that fashion. Uh, I know Victor Oladipo, as he showed up for his um, return to the NBA from it, from an injury, uh, he wore a Kobe Bryant jersey to enter the arena. Uh, I mean, it's a bunch of college basketball teams have worn warm-up shirts that have eight in the front, twenty-four in the back. Uh, I mean, there's been a bunch of things going on around basketball to honor him because he was, as as DJ talked about, such a pervasive figure that had an impact on I mean, every single basketball player. It's, even even IU's most recent game against Penn State, Penn State warmed up with uh, you know uh, shirts on that had twenty-four on the back. So it's a quick turnaround for people, uh, you know, giving their attention to a loss. Even like the day of uh, NFL players were uh, notified of the news right before the Pro Bowl. And, 
you know, uh, Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devonte Adams caught a touchdown. He went to the camera and held up two fingers and four fingers, and then back and forth. You know, two four twenty four for Kobe Bryant. So he was doing his part to remember such a prominent athlete. Actually, I mean, even in soccer, uh, I mean, Neymar did that yeah, too after yep. he scored a, a penalty kick for Paris Saint Germain, yep. and did the same two four celebration after he he, he scored. So it's even been an international thing. Uh, honoring Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank yeah. you guys so much for talking yeah. about this with us. Mm-hmm. So, any any final thoughts about him? I guess your personal feelings on him, what he meant to you personally. I mean, uh, I'm not a Lakers fan per se, but um, you know, in, in the sports industry, you recognize great players, obviously, and Kobe Bryant was one of those players, someone who's compared to, you know, Michael Jordan and other great players before him um so his loss is definitely devastating for the sport um obviously my uh condolences i guess to the families involved the other uh you know kobe bryant his daughter both passed so the bryant family uh the seven other victims involved in the in the crash you know you you just kind of got to reach out and uh lend support i guess in any way you can to the people that are suffering from such a loss like that. I guess just kind of my own final thought would be just the, the uh, cultural impact that, that uh, Kobe had. I mean, I was, I was never the biggest N- NBA fan growing up and from Washington, DC. We have an NBA team. No one cares about them. Um, but you know, I mean, Kobe, Kobe's games would always be late at night, obviously playing for Los Angeles. I mean, I almost never would stay up to watch them. And, but even then, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I didn't watch Kobe much on TV growing up, but even then, I mean, I still, I mean, everyone knew who, who, who he was. You, I mean, if you see a Lakers jersey, I mean, the first thing you think is Kobe Bryant, even after he retired. I mean, you know, you talked about, you talked about, you know, you say, you know, you say, you say Kobe when you shoot a piece of paper in the yeah. trash can. I mean, that's something we all grew up with. I think it's a very shared experience, no matter where you grew up, not even in, in the United States alone. I mean, that's a very, I, the, Yes, it seems like a small thing throwing a piece of paper in the trash can and saying Kobe, but like, it's not often to have an impact like that exactly. as, a, as an athlete. And I mean, your your name is kind of just like a verb in a way, which is a, it's a very weird. Th- I mean, to be known by you know by one name, just Kobe, and you know who you're talking about. It's a very it's I mean, it's obviously it's a huge loss, and you know his daughter too is even. Just as, if not even more awful, as a thirteen-year-old perishing in the crash. I mean, it's just—I mean, it's a devastating situation, and it was—I mean, it was hard to focus at the game because of it. Mm-hmm. Even as someone who you know didn't grow up with—I mean, you 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 can't not be a Kobe Bryant fan, but someone who didn't grow up like watching him at all times and you know really focus on him. So I think it's just—it's it's such it's such an incredible, incredibly tragic loss. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. And yeah, thank with you. Us. Thanks again for having us. Yeah. Now, here are some of the top stories from the week. IU is requiring students that are studying abroad in China to return by February 5th due to the coronavirus outbreak, according to the director of the Chinese flagship center. The program is also temporarily on hold until the outbreak has ceased. An update will be released March 1st to determine whether or not students can return. An IU notify was sent out Wednesday night reporting that a person had been seen with a gun outside of Spruce Hall. The suspect was reported as a skinny male wearing a sweatshirt with a white jersey. A piece of a BB gun was later found near Spruce Hall. No further updates have been released. 
IU alumna Gail Cook gave a donation to support renovations to Maxwell Hall and to house a new Center for Public Arts and Humanities. Renovations are set to start this spring and should be completed in fall 2020. The Center will house the Arts and Humanities Council, the College Arts and Humanities Institute, the Center for Rural Engagement, and the IU Corps and Traditional Arts Indiana. The men's basketball team lost twice this week, first to number 17 Maryland on Sunday, 77 to 76, then to number 24 Penn State on Wednesday, 64 to 49. The 49 points scored in Wednesday's game was the lowest total of the season. The Hoosiers will take on Ohio State and Columbus Saturday. The women's basketball team, however, had two wins this week, first against Minnesota on Monday, with the final score being 65 to 52, and then against Wisconsin on Thursday, 75 to 65. The win against Wisconsin was the team's third straight win. They will face Purdue on the road Monday. Now we want to welcome Enterprise reporter Christine Fernando, who's here to talk about her story about Bloomington restaurant Hinkle's Hamburgers. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really glad to have you here um, to talk about this story. So it's a very long, in-depth story. Um, but can you give listeners like a quick summary of what it's about and who the key people are? Yeah, so Hinkle's is a restaurant that's been around for 90 years in Bloomington. So it has a lot of history um, and people really, really do love this place. And recently, last year, uh, it closed down for a little while because its manager passed away. Um, and so people were very concerned about it closing down. Um, and a couple months later, another couple bought the restaurant and they reopened it. So the story kind of looks into their process of reopening this place and like the financial burden on their shoulders, but also just the burden of keeping this place what it was for so many people who loved it so much. Um, and it also went into why people loved Hinkle's the way that it did. So the people that bought it, they weren't restaurant like business wow. trades people. Yeah, one of them was an elementary school teacher and the other one was a stone cutter, like a limestone cutter. So Very Indiana, Bloomington type of job. Yeah, yes, super like Bloomington. And both of them have grown up here. Um, one of the, um, the wife, she... Um, her grandfather, his last meal was like a Hinkle's burger. Oh, so wow. like it goes back way far in her family too. And same with um, Richie, the the father who owns the place. So how did you come up with this story? Because I remember you talking a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, I want to say last, like end of last spring semester, but. So. Uh, when Hinkle's closed, there, was, there were a few stories that came out just being like, hey, it's closed. Um, but no one really went in depth into how that affected the community because Hinkle's has been such a prominent institution in the Bloomington community for so long. So I just really wanted to see how people were responding to closing and like go and just see if there were any differences now that it had reopened um, and how people were dealing with those differences. Because I think um, a big thing about Hinkle's is it was always kind of the same. And as Bloomington changed and morphed into like a new thing every few years, Hinkle's was like a constant in a lot of people's lives. So I just like wondered, has it changed? Is it still that constant in people's lives? So did you go to Hinkle's before it closed and after, like just by chance or? 
I had popped into Hinkle's um, before, but I don't think I bought anything. I just like poked my head in because um, I was like, oh, it's a random restaurant. So I had never like experienced it fully before it was reopened. But afterwards, yes, I've had many a Hinkle's hamburger. So I've really perused the menu quite a bit. And um, would you say, has, has the Bloomington community felt like it it lives up to what it was in the past since it's reopening? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, most of the people who I've spoken with say it's pretty much the same other than the fact that the floors are a little cleaner. Um, so really small differences are there, but the heart of the restaurant like still lives on, even if the people at the helm of the restaurant are new. And in your story, there's also, you have another um, source, her name's Tony? Tony, yes. How'd you get in contact with her? Because her story was really interesting. Yeah. So Tony, I found her through a Bloomington Facebook group where I just reached out to everyone as like, tell me, tell me your memories about Hinkles and like why Hinkles means so much to you. Um, and so I read her comment and decided to reach out to her. And basically, Tony had um, she's a Bloomington local. She's been here since forever. And she grew up going to Hinkle's with her mom and her brother. Um, and her brother passed, uh, when her brother was dying, she would sneak him Hinkle's burgers while he was in the hospital, even though he wasn't supposed to eat fatty foods. She did that till the day he died. Um, and then later on, she did the same thing for her mother. So after her mother died, she hadn't been to Hinkle's in over 10 years. So we got to be there the first time she went back to Hinkle's. And it was a very emotional um, thing for her to do. But I think it gave her a lot of closure. Yeah, that was just like a really powerful part of the story to read. Just kind of showed like the, I guess, two sides of the story. I don't know, because they have the really positive grand reopening, then kind of like the somber, yeah. um, I don't know if closure is the right word, or just like rebirth, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of her, of her revisiting there. That was a really powerful scene in the story for mm -hmm. sure. Definitely. I think the story rebirth is a big like theme throughout the story because the restaurant was reborn and like... Um, for Tony, it was kind of a rebirth to like her ability to go back to Hinkle's and really live all those memories. Yeah. Um, what was how's the response been um, since the story has published? It's been kind of insane. I've gotten like ten emails from people, and just I've put it out on some of these Bloomington Facebook groups, and like some of them have like two hundred responses and lots of comments so people have been really great so I think it's just another reminder of how much people love Hinkle's and what a big part of the community it has been for so long great I think that's that's all the questions we have thank you yeah. so much for coming to see us today yeah, I'm definitely I want to go eat a hamburger now that's yeah. <laughs> that's what oh, I'm yeah. feeling it does so. actually sound really good <laughs> yeah. would recommend it's only like two bucks a little over two bucks so wow for an entire burger let's go perfect for a broke college kid <laughs> all yes. right well great thank you so much yeah thank you Christine thanks so much to read all the stories we've mentioned today visit idsnews.com tune in next week for your weekly recaps and deeper dives into stories until then, I'm Alex. And I'm Allie. And this has been Posted. Hosted by the gals with the mostest. <laughs>